Hi there, this is Sherry Lee Myers. Welcome to How to Connect with Angels. We believe that no matter what, every person has the unconditional love and help of angels, our messengers from God. But we have to be willing to believe and we have to be willing to ask. That's what our film, The Glitch, that we are shooting here in New Orleans is all about with the help of some amazing music and talent. If you're curious, visit us at theglitchmovie.com and take a look. But now, right now, let's talk to someone who's devoted to helping us make a divine connection. Tim Wilde has been spiritually awake and studying the ascension works of other spiritual teachers since 1991. Practical ascension is what he calls his current method of approach, which is to convey the new energies to everyone in a manner that resonates through the direct channelings and wisdom from Tim and from Thoth the Atlantean, High Priest of Beloved Atlantis. Together, Tim and Diana Cooper wrote the international bestsellers, The Archangel Guide to Ascension, 55 Steps to the Light, followed by The Archangel Guide to Enlightenment and Mastery. Both are published by Hay House. Well, good morning, good day, Tim Wilde. You are in Dorset, England, and I am in New Orleans, and I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you for Hi, being Sher on this show. Hi, Sherry, and it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Tim, we are going to talk about your best-selling works that you've created with Diana Cooper. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about the Archangel guide to ascension your first book mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about the archangel guide to enlightenment and mastery your most recent book talk to me about your early life your spiritual training how did you become the teacher you are now well <laughs> well it's it goes all the way back to my childhood sherry i was um in in I think a lot of people out there listening to this will be able to resonate with it as well. Um, I was born awake. I was born sensitive. Um, and um, from a very, very early age, I was completely aware of energies around me that um, it rapidly became obvious that a lot of people, you know, I was the only one perceiving these energies. And um, I was blessed enough to have both my parents, who who were very much into the transcendental meditation scene at the time, oh, which was how cool it was, is that? It was, <laughs> yeah, it was big in the sixties and the seventies, like very big, and um, so they weren't completely closed-minded. <clears throat> so when I was saying, "Look, I can, you know, I, I can feel this in my room, or I can sense, I can sense an energy around me," they did not dismiss me. They kind of worked with me on it. So, and. Um, being this sensitive kind of um, led me to have quite. It was quite. It wasn't the easiest of childhoods, to be honest with you. Um, you were different. Like many men. I was different. I was yeah, special, so to speak. And um, mm -hmm. so I struggled with my my health um, was particularly tricky because I was maintaining a high frequency vibration. And back in the early seventies, it was still a very earth was still a very dense vibration still a dense place to live so um i was kind of poorly i had asthma i was kind of rejecting my surroundings and um when i got into my teens i i'd cut i threw myself into sport but you know like prior to that i was experiencing visits from um beings that i could only explain now as angels oh um, my. i would i would i would perceive all different types of energy they weren't all magical and wonderful and at the points where that I was I was feeling threatened or frightened, then I would immediately have the counter the, the counter side of that and I would receive assistance or I'd be able to perceive the assistance or I would feel protected by an energy that was around me. And it wasn't just the angels, I'd sense the dragons around me as well. Um and they kind of they presented themselves in the form of, of, of dinosaurs, which, you know, every kid loves dinosaurs or every little boy does. And um, sure. so I'd sense and feel these around me. I mean, I was I was told I had a particularly vivid imagination. Which is, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's wonderful. Serves, 
and you know all the, all the children that say well I've got this I've got this secret friend or yes. you know my invisible friend you know and, and many parents say well no you know that's just your imagination kind of thing you know that the more awakened parents amongst us now kind of don't dismiss that they work with it well that yeah. that was that was my childhood in my teens I kind of threw myself into sport I was a cycle I was a racing cyclist oh wow that that dealt with me being a teenager and dealt with my sensitivities. There wasn't an awful lot going on during that period of time. I was just very dedicated to my sport, mm-hmm. became very good at it. And um, by when I turned, just as I was about to turn 18, I had a, um, a incredibly bad accident where I rode into a tractor at 35 miles an hour. Oh, I my God. Wearing, I wasn't wearing a helmet. Oh, and my God. I fra- and I uh, technically, I was, I was officially dead for 20 minutes. I had no pulse for 20 minutes. Now, oh. in that time, um, I had a genuine tunnel of light experience. You know how you hear people saying, oh, I was going down this amazing tunnel to the light and I didn't want to come back. All that, it, you know, it's the real deal. It happens. Wow. And I was floating down this lovely sunny road on my bike with the wind behind me thinking I really don't want to come back this is absolutely amazing and you know this is where I need to be and um, all of a sudden of course I was dragged back and stuffed back in my body which wasn't in the best of states so and after that after I recovered from this this fractured skull I had mm. fractured my skull when I hit the tractor um, mm. everything had kind of changed it was um it wasn't nothing that you could you know, immediately put your finger on until later. But, but I came vegetarian almost overnight. Um, changed, complete, my diet just completely changed. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at, at spiritual literature, all the, all the books that had been on my parents' shelves for all those years that I'd ignored. Um, I started picking up and reading, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the writings of Maharishi Yoga mm-hmm. and the writings of Carlos Castaneda, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was just absorbing everything I could get my hands on. Tim, let um, me ask you this. Did you tell anyone about your near-death experience? I told my parents, yeah. Yes. I said, look, you know, this is, this is what I saw. Oh. Um, I think my mother was just kind of a a livid slashed please that I was there sort of yes, thing you know right it was it was one of those well that's wonderful darling I'm <laughs> yeah. just glad you're still alive basically. yes <laughs> don't, don't do it don't do it again because you oh. frightened mummy rather badly oh. so <laughs> it was a bit like that so that just kind of went on but I was I was in this is the stage that I would refer to as seeking mm-hmm. you know this is the point where a an awakened soul will start seeking information to feed that 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 need that need to kind of learn about what we're really doing here yes and so it didn't take me long well I mean I was probably a little bit later down the line but I I, one of the books that really really jumped out at me was Diana Cooper's book A Little Light on Angels when I read that book I mean she wrote that book in the mid 90s which is a little bit further down the line but when I read that when I opened the book when I read the pages it just ticked every box for me I was like this is it this is explaining exactly what I've felt and seen and sensed around me since I since the year dot and I was just amazed by this incredible lady who'd stood up in the middle just come out of nowhere basically uh-huh. stood on a platform and started talking about angels to people i uh-huh. mean it's just incredible mm-hmm. and 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 from that point onwards she was right you know that's the book that that made her you know that's the yes. book that said oh i know who diana cooper is she's the angel lady she's a she's a lady that wrote about the angels and uh it was a brave thing to do back in those days i did reiki one of the first things that really kind of taught me about energy and opened me up to the energetics was that beautiful flow of energy that reiki gives you and gives you the 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 hands-on approach to healing with other people would you recommend that for those of us who want um to be able to strengthen their connection with there is there is two sides to this at the moment and i'll explain this in a little bit reiki is fantastic okay reiki is a brilliant modality for healing but the you know the thing that everybody needs to realize when when they when they're doing reiki is the fact that when reiki was created or brought back to the the table as a healing modality and in the last paradigm basically it was created for a chakra system that was still third dimensional we've updated our entire chakra system in the last five years 
So, and therefore the energies that we are using are a lot more powerful now. And although Reiki is in a very effective form of healing, there are also other energies that people can add to the Reiki that can make it in which, which match our vibration at this current moment in time. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Cool. So has Reiki evolved? Reiki has evolved. Of course, there is a, a very established format for Reiki that is out there, but it is based on a third dimensional chakra system, which right. we don't have anymore. We've right. now got <laughs> this is, I'm going to really you like to say, I'm going to throw it in at the deep end here. Um, we've all got 12 chakras that we're now using, <laughs> you know, and they're all coming online and have been for the last five years due to the, due to the energy updates of the planet. And, um, the, the the whole reason why Diana and I wrote the Archangel Guide to Ascension was to get this information out there. But, um, you know, I've digressed slightly. No, well, <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of a, there's a, there's a transition here that we can utilize in which has to do with your, uh, you, you have in your, um, actually it's in your bio. It said, it says that you were awoken to your life purpose at the end of 2008. By That's Diana right. Cooper. Now, so you yeah. read her book in the mid nineties. And That's then it. we're going to fast forward to 2008. You had an experience with Diana. Go for it. What happened? I did. Right. Well, I've been good friends with Diana Cooper since 2003, which, yeah. which means we've been kind of like friends since for five years by this point. Mm-hmm. Now I had a life changing experience my my first marriage broke up overnight I mean quite literally one minute it was there the next minute I'm back in my mother's bedroom with my clothes in bin line it's that kind of thing and um (laughs) it was it was one of those events which led me to seriously question where my pathway was going and why these events had occurred in my life and um at the time Diana Cooper was the only person that I would regard as as the friend who was talking sense, everybody else was quite angry. Diana would give me what I needed, which was a neutral, non-angry approach to it. And so, you know, we've, I've, I've spent quite a lot of time with her talking and, and, you know, just, just, just hanging out around there. But I was having a morning meditation in my bedroom and, um, Archangel Michael himself rolled up in my bedroom with mm. me. And I had my eyes closed. I was I was tuning in as I did every morning, and um, I he he was stood there with a bright blue ball in his hands. And um, Archangel Michael is somebody that I've worked with for many lifetimes. He's a good friend of mine, and he said at this particular moment, Tim, I love you dearly, um, but but at this, but <laughs> at this particular point in time you have re- <laughs> yeah, you have but. reached you you have reached a transitional stage where you need to stop calling on me to assist you constantly because i was i was i was asking him infinite times a day like archangel michael can you put you know can you cleanse my aura can you cleanse my fields cut these cords and attachments put my protection around me mm-hmm. and i must have you know like it must have been really quite challenging to be archangel michael at that time although i'm sure he has i'm sure he has his other bad days elsewhere but <laughs> you, you had a codependent relationship it was you. very codependent <laughs> at that particular time it, it prompted him to give me <laughs> it's it's, I'll, I'll never forget it because it was the way he did it he just handed me this this bright blue ball mm-hmm. and said this belongs to you uh, he goes this is your blue star seal of atlantis uh, you were a high priest in in atlantean times this belongs to you uh, and he put it in my soul star chakra which is six inches above the top of our heads and it proceeded to surround me in this beautiful blue bubble of light and he, when it reached my feet and joined what what could only be described as a six-pointed star which was which had formed around my feet it he said that is your blue star seal he said that is your own personal protection or or a biosphere of protection which you can maintain your vibration and your frequency very easily within it regardless of what else is going on around you and he said this is a tool that you had in atlantis it's yours and at a later date when everybody is ready for you to hand this information out and um it will become it will become a great tool for other people as well and so 
I was incredibly excited. I had this wonderful new toy and this this beautiful blue light around my aura and my fields, and I felt wonderful. And I went straight round to Diana's instead of going to work. And I said, "Look, I need you to verify this for me." And um, it's, you know, well, I've had a, I've had a rough time recently. I might be going potty, but I need you to double check this for me. And so she she checked my my fields and said, "No, you you are on point. You have this energy around you. The blue star exists." And um, it was at that point that she started receiving suddenly a lot of information about who I was in Atlantis um, and the fact that my pathway on planet Earth was to assist people to go through their ascension process. That was the start of the journey. And it was incredible. I'll never forget it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, on various occasions, I'd go around there and one one event sticks in my mind because, it, I mean, it was so surreal, I could have almost dreamt it. Okay, <laughs> We were sat out in the back garden on a, a really lovely, warm September's evening, and mm. we were talking. And intermittently, um, Archangel, Mike, Archangel Metatron was buzzing in Diana's ear, feeding her information, which she was going to pass to me. And it was just generally one of those... You know, like there was more than two people talking at the time. We had we had an we had people we had angels and masters with us at the same time. And uh, as we were talking, yes, there were feathers starting to rain down from the trees. <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh and it was it was got to the point where we both looked at each other and goes, "This this is not normal." <laughs> I mean, okay, that you you get you get scenarios where feathers come out of trees or. You walk, wake up or you go to your doorstep and there's a feather there or you they're, they're the sign that the angels are with you basically and and yes. and people listening will be will either be experiencing this already or it's something for you all to look for if you find a feather it is a perfect verification that either something that you are planning to do is correct or you're on your correct pathway you'll know what it means to you when you see it basically and these feathers were just pouring out of the trees and when I left later on Diana counted nearly 400 of them oh and they were my. laid out and they were laid out oh. in, in patterns or lines on the garden it was amazing oh. wow and so that 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 was it that was that was the event in oh. 2008 kind of wow. it was the launch pad if you see what I mean I do. it was that that was the point where I found out who I was whether it meant went a huge amount into me or not at the time was fairly irrelevant it was just right you know I obviously I'm here for a purpose sort of thing I do have a meaning to my life and uh, and it is and all of the information started rolling in after that it was um, and that is the information that became the archangel's guide to ascension 55 steps to the light right Completely, yeah. I mean, the 55 Steps to the Light is an accumulation of, you know, Diana and I's collective knowledge. You know, we both put Mm -hmm. equal quantities of work and knowledge into Mm -hmm. that book. Um, We have a perfect balance of kind of the yin and the yang when we work together, the divine masculine, the divine feminine. And we both were united in the fact that we believed that the energy changed so dramatically at the cosmic moment, which for people who wonder what that term means, it was the 21st of December 2012, which a lot of people said it was the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. De- I don't know December you remember, 21st, 20, 2012. 21st. Okay. That's right. Okay. It was... It was Particularly the Mayans, um, a lot of the information, there's a lot of stuff circulating at the time that the Mayans, who were a very respected civilization, advanced civilization, said that on this date, the end of the world would occur. And of course, there was the fraternity out there that thought immediately we were going to wake up or the earth was going to melt or, or you know, we'd sure. wake up at least the next day and the internet had blown up and nobody would have their computers. And there's all sorts of stories circulating, but the Mayans were correct in what they were saying. We just misinterpreted in the manner of what they were saying it because when they said it was the end of the world, they were correct because that was the, that was the day that the third dimensional planet that we'd been living on transitioned into a fourth dimensional frequency and they couldn't see any further than that day because their seers couldn't see any further than the third dimensional frequency that they were looking into yes so they just saw this blank they saw they saw a 
a, a, a void yeah. that we are now filling with this process that we are all going through. And so that that was um, from that point on was Diana said, right, well, we need to update the information that's already out there yeah. because obviously it's a new energy. There's new vibrations coming in. People are changing. The ascension process is really starting. We need to put information out there that is vibrating at the same frequency that everybody else is. And hence the book was born. So, so and it, hence the second book is born. The second book is born. Is the, that what you're trying both to say? Of them, both. The, no, the, the first book was was a work in a work on its own. And as soon as we finished it, yes. Um, I kind of said to Diana, well, these these energies are changing so quickly, like they are literally reshaping themselves around us as we are we are writing. Yes. I think we need to do a second one to kind of keep keep step with it all. Isn't that great? And, uh, so we did. That's what you did. <laughs> so I want to um, I want to address something that you wrote, I believe, in the forward uh, or the introduction to yeah. the. Um, Archangel Guide to Enlightenment and Mastery. And that is, Mm -hmm. you say mastery means taking responsibility for everything that happens to us. It's goodbye to guilt, blame, hurt, and anger. And as we draw back all the energy we have invested in those emotions, we reclaim our power. Help us to understand how the the initiations the invocations the meditations how are how are we releasing that now how is it different to release these emotions than it was be- prior to 2012 it's it's a very 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 large subject so i'll try and encapsulate it in in as as kind of condensed a form as possible okay, okay. now in the third dimension which is where we have come from. This was, you know, the period of time that existed before the date of the, the cosmic moment that I've just spoken about. Right. The Earth had existed in a very, very dense vibration for 10,000 years. Um, from following the fall of Atlantis, we, we started to live in a limited form with seven chakras. And um, we had very little connection to... Our, our 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 source energy which is primarily love um and it would be difficult it, it was a lot harder to connect with the angels with the dragons with the unicorns with the masters and so people were you know there weren't that many people awake and there was a lot of stuff that was going on on this planet which um turned our world into a into a you know a challenging place to live this is the, this is what we still see going on out there yeah um and but it's changing and what the reason why it's changing is because the people are waking up and realizing that they are no longer powerless now when you wake up when your heart awakens at a fifth dimensional frequency your chakras start operating at their at their full power a, a very distinctive process starts and it starts with taking responsibility for our own pathway it's um the, the awakening of our consciousness teaches us or allows us to see the fact that we are not little powerless people in limited forms scurrying around as victims on the face of the planet. We are masters who are perfectly capable of creating any reality that we po- focus our attention on. Now, a lot of people who've had a difficult time, you know, particularly with their lives up to this point, might find this difficult listening. But if you've got a if you're if you're on the path to mastery it is challenging things do come up and they do challenge you knowing that you're on that pathway makes it considerably easier because you can then take action you can use tools meditation open yourself spiritually and deal with it in a manner where you are starting to be the creator rather than everything else around you Simply, you know, a little bit like a ball that's being kicked around constantly with no control. Do you see the difference? Of course, of course. And uh, that—that's kind of what we use. I use the term "walking mastery" because I regard everybody on this planet as a master. Just a lot of people haven't woken up and realised this yet. Do you see where I'm coming? They from? haven't woken up and um, realised it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so we're all teachers. There's 7.4 billion teachers on this planet. We've all got an important job to do. No one is more important than the other person. 
And each of us holds a completely unique and individual piece to the Ascension puzzle. And um, although there is a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, in the world at the moment, that is extremely, you know, is hard for people to deal with. There's also a lot of extremely positive stuff. And part of the work that I'm doing at the moment is working with people to change their focus and start putting positive energy back into it because it's the balance is shifting. We are seeing so many different shifts and so many different positive things that are occurring. Mm-hmm. And um, we're just in the middle of this kind of maelstrom period at the moment where all the energy is resetting itself. The, the, the kind of the constructions that have been running this planet that aren't particularly positive for the last 10,000 years, this is like the kind of, it's like Custer's final stand. Uh, it's all gonna it's all breaking down it's all disappearing kind of thing but while it's doing so it just seems a little bit chaotic and doesn't it also have to become crystal clear in terms of what it is that doesn't work anymore um how do you mean well i guess what i mean is politically um, politically um yeah, yeah I, I mean yes all of the shadow has to come to the surface yes. this is why Thank there you. is turbulence right okay all of the shadow i mean okay. yeah i mean we we cannot continue to you know the the vibration on this planet no longer supports um the 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 previous the, the previous construction people have got to be transparent with each other they've got to be crystal clear you know if if you're not living authentically then it becomes very apparent that you're not living authentically. So all of the stuff that is occurring that people used to be oblivious to, they're no longer oblivious to it, and that is the biggest step. One of the things that you mentioned in the introduction to the Archangel Guide to Enlightenment and Mastery is that we are now experiencing a 20-year window of opportunity. I want would love for you to talk a little more about that. What happens at the right. end of 20 years? <laughs> and... it's, it's all very exciting. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this 20-year window of opportunity is what we would describe um, kind of, you know, if you're going to talk about it um, scientifically. It's the 20-year window in which we exist within the fourth dimension. This is the transitional period between third and fifth. It is a very, it's it's a blank, It's it's almost like a blank chalkboard. We are creating it as we go along the template for the fifth dimensional target is already set this planet is ascending regardless of what anybody may think so this is our target but in the meantime we as light workers as as in whatever stage of consciousness that we currently are at the moment are all adding to this beautiful new picture that we are painting and this is being it's not a long period of time if you think about it 20 years is just an absolute pin spec yes. in in the the in the years that earth and humanity has existed and so we haven't really got an awful long time it's it's thing this is why everything's happening so fast um because the 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 energies are that are are basically becoming available to us all are so vast and so powerful that change can only occur, then nothing will stay still anymore. Everything is changing continuously and it's getting quicker and quicker and quicker. Now, by the time that we reach 2032, the target is to have actually moved the whole of the matrix or the energetical construction of planet Earth into the fifth dimension. Now, that's quite a transition. Mm-hmm. And it's... um. When we were writing this, it's very, very difficult to kind of predict in what way that will actually manifest itself. That is becoming more apparent at the moment. It's not the the fifth dimension isn't a place. It's here and now. I, we are just simply changing the vibration for everything around us. Isn't it heaven on earth? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, heaven on earth will be us living in harmony with one each yes. with one with one another yes no one having more than anybody else yes. respecting the planet respecting animals respecting the plants and most of all living authentically but you know we, we instead of listening to our minds telling us that we've got to do this that or the other we're listening to our hearts what make up makes our hearts sing we are listening to what makes our hearts sing 
That's beautiful. I love that. (laughs) And also, I want to mention that I love visiting your website, uh, which is just your name, Tim Wilde. Dot com everyone timwild.com <laughs> and you yeah. have these beautiful walks you you go out into your countryside and you you know you give us your birds and your blooms on the trees and i and uh you know kickboxing or, or doing some um of your <laughs> yeah. work with your is that your son is that your son that you yeah my my i've i've, I've got I'm I'm married with four boys, my <laughs> eldest, <laughs> which How is beautiful. you know if you, if you want some grounding, that that's 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 pretty much a you know that that is the one thing that keeps me in the here and now. It keeps me grounded. Otherwise, I'd be off in I'd be off in in Angel Land the whole time. It's um it's provided me with a very very earthly base. Um, I gave up cycling six years ago now simply because I've done everything I wanted to do, and I've um recently started martial arts i've started kickboxing and my my um, 15 year old son is um, very close to taking his black belt he's been doing it for some time so it's it's family time we all get we'll we all do it together now there's there's three two of my boys go with me very regularly ah that's a that's such a great thing i want to talk about this you have um understood with diana's help that you are uh, uh, an aspect of Thoth, the Atlantean, yeah. and that's so um, huge in its. It was understand- big boots to fill. <laughs> yes, and yet here you are, rooted on this planet, so so loving and enjoying your life here. Let's let's talk about Thoth. Let's talk about what that means in your life. Well, to me, to you, to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of, in a lot of ways. I mean, when other people speak to Thoth, when they communicate with Thoth, they are communicating with an oversoul. Now, if I briefly explain what an oversoul is, it is the accumulation of many, many lifetimes of consciousness put into one. So mm-hmm. when I say that I, I'm, I'm Tim Wilde, but I am an aspect of this soul that has incarnated again and again and again. And every time I, you know, the, the body returns to source. It comes back with a lifetime's worth of knowledge, wisdom, information and achievements. So I'm currently in a an, an incarnation which is serving that particular oversoul, which is known to people as Thoth. Mm-hmm. That is that is the consciousness that comes through. Right. OK. Does that does that explain it? It does explain so, it. Now I want to know how does that how does that communicate? In your life, how, what does that mean? How do you? Well, it's given me. It's it's given me a. It's given me privy to a lot of the information and the knowledge and the tools, basically, that I used in Atlantis to keep the energy fifth dimensional there. Obviously, if anybody out there is acquainted with Atlantis, then they will know that there were twelve priests and priestesses at any one time who were who were operating for the light. And for 1500 years, um, we maintained a fifth dimensional frequency there, which is basically ascension in a physical body where we are now, very much very similar to where we are now. And um, but it required intense dedication, incredible knowledge, incredible focus and affinity with all of the dragons, the angels, the unicorns, the masters, the, the benign extraterrestrials. And all of this information at the end of that that lifetime, that Atlantean lifetime, I put away almost in in what you would call a like almost like a spiritual treasure chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this lifetime, I've been accessing that directly and bringing that information through. And you say if you if you if you've read my website, if you've read the tools on there, and a lot of the tools that are in both the books, they have been brought back through from that Atlantean period to be used now to assist people on their pathway. Oh, help us grasp the dragons and unicorns. What, what? The dragons, um, the, the dragons are in my eyes and in my personal experience, yeah. kind of, they work hand in hand with the angels. Um, for many, many, you know, for thousands of years, they've been on this planet, but they, they, the difference between a dragon and an angel is the fact that the dragons chose to adopt a form which was a lot closer to humans. Now, an angel, if 
vibrates at a seventh dimensional frequency, which is mm-hmm. a lot higher than ours. Okay, which means this is why people can't tangibly touch and see them. They speak to them on a level which is perceived as psychic communication, or if they're lucky enough to see them, they see them fleetingly or in whatever form that they appear. So an, an angel is a seventh dimensional angelic being, and and it's an aspect of, of source energy that has formed a consciousness with a specific desire to serve and serve only. And they serve not just Earth, all throughout the, the omniverse everywhere. Now, the dragons dedicated themselves specifically to working alongside humanity, particularly after the Atlantean period. And they adopted an elemental form which could be represented by fire, earth, air or water or any of the other elements. And um, this, they did this in order to be able to assist human beings in their difficult tasks down here because being a human being has been challenging. So they, they're here to help. They've, they've been here to look after Earth. They've been here to guide us. They've been here to cleanse our pathway before them. And they became very, very apparent to me, obviously, when I was a child, because I would see them working with me in a protective form. And um, also, more recently so, as the changes have implemented themselves on planet Earth, they are... They are key workers with the physical transitions. They're working with the ley lines, keeping the energy flowing through the ley lines, updating the energy that's flowing through the ley lines. The, I'm sorry, the, the ley lines? The, la- are you talking the ley lines are the energy, la- that's the the grid? energy lines. That, is that the yeah, grid? Yeah, the grids that run, yeah, the grid that runs around the planet, okay. which is, you know, there's, there's the chakra points, there's power points, and mm-hmm. you, you you can see them as golden lines running all over the earth if you see them on a map sort of mm-hmm. thing. So the dragons work with every single aspect of earth in a physical form. But that's that's just the dragons that have decided to work with planet earth. As you move up through the dimensional spaces, there's dragons that work with, um, you know, the planet as a whole or galaxies or stars. They, they have an infinite form and there's many, many of them. There's many different forms of them. But... The dragons that most people will experience have been the elemental dragons that have worked alongside them mm-hmm. because being in that form has allowed them to enable them to be, you know, enable them to be a lot closer to human beings. Whereas an angel who is seventh dimensional can assist, can change circumstances, can help and can guide, but they have found it difficult to make that connection. Whereas a dragon is it's almost next door. They've been fourth and fifth dimensional. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's a question. You say they are the elemental, they are elementals, fire, wind, water, right? Um, and air. And yeah. air. So as a dragon, does it appear to you in the shape and form of the dragon, Saint, you know, Saint George and the dragon, that, that kind of dragon? Do you have a in- visual? The mind is a funny thing yes. because your mind will perceive that dragon energy in any way that your mind has been taught to perceive it. So mm-hmm. naturally, some people may see, you know, here in England, we might see the traditional St. George and Dragon's shape. Mm-hmm. Or if you've watched Lord of the Rings, it might appear as smog, but sure. nice. Um, if you lived in China, you'd see it appear, to, it would appear to you as a Chinese dragon. Now, the Chinese dragons are very much more water based. And mm-hmm. so there's all the different elements that different cultures take on, depending on what they've been taught about a dragon form but essentially a dragon is an energy form which works very much like angelic energy do you see the similarity I do. it takes whatever form whichever form our consciousness decides to present it into and yet in literature it's usually a destructive force yeah okay yeah. This, is, this is um a lot of things here's the catch isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a catch twenty-two, definitely. Because the minute you start mentioning dragons to people, they they come kind of think, "Oh my God! Well, I better protect my children." And if there's a dragon in my house, and it's that is it couldn't be further from the truth. They're absolutely the opposite. But um, there's many things that were painted in a bad light on this planet um, due to certain religious constructions and the way people have been taught to think about things. And um, mm-hmm. if you look at the truth behind it all, it's often very, very different. A unicorn is a horse that has existed in physical and has ascended with its life in service to humanity now. 
they it's it's one of the purest forms of energy that we can come into contact with and people really do perceive them as white horses because that is how that's how they've chosen to communicate their presence to mm-hmm. to us here on earth mm. now as i've seen them moving up into higher states they become intensive and small balls of in, incredibly bright white light now the the energy that they bring to planet earth is known as grace now, grace is also an angelic energy, but it also is one of the highest forms of energy that is, has been gifted gifted to us here on Earth. It has the ability to literally change a circumstance or pathway if it is for the higher good of the person involved. So they tend to appear to people when they are in a situation where they are just about to take on their true pathway, their true spiritual pathway. They're, they're, herald, they're heralds of change. You know, if you see a unicorn, you know you're on the right track and things are going to start getting busy for you. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, thank you for explaining that. Thank you. That's my pleasure. really, really beautiful. Can we talk about the 12 chakra system also um, in light of the work that you are doing one-on-one with people? Because Absolutely. someone who really, yeah. um, <laughs> you said <laughs> this, Tim, you said anybody who wants to be chucked into the deep end by yeah, Tim Wilde, <laughs> give him a call, him a call because this there man. There's no shallow end to this pool, Sherry. It's all deep, you know what I mean? <laughs> Woo! Okay, Yay. yes. Come on, Tim. 12 chakra right. system and how do you chakras. do it? How do you well, blast this it open? Is. I'm, I'm going I'm to put it straight out there. Yeah. Nobody on this planet has seven chakras anymore and we're we're not just talking about the people that are still fast asleep out there because there's quite a few of them Mm -hmm. i'm talking about everybody everybody has had the blueprint of their 12 chakra system downloaded into place ready for acknowledgement and activation now this is a natural transition with the rising energies on this planet this means that the energies have risen so dramatically on earth that everybody's energy bodies have become ready for this ascension process now it's it's purely it's purely natural progression it's what has occurred is the seven chakras that everybody has become so familiar with so comfortable with they existed as seven chakras from the point at which atlantis finished or sank 10,000 years ago we moved from a very advanced form energetically and spiritually into a limited form and we did this in order to explore the third dimension that is very lowest level which i believe that we've done very effectively <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, i'd say <laughs> we're done I mean. <laughs> we're done with that thank you very much and um and what's happened now is obviously we're we're we're, we're taking all this energy in i mean it's not optional the thing is if you're living on planet earth at this time it is virtually you cannot you cannot exist here without adopting these new energetics it's it's impossible to do so unless of course you are choosing to stay in the third dimension which means that you're not progressing on with the rest of us but there's becoming apparent to me that you know more and more quickly that that's it's there are very few people out there that are going to who incarnated in this lifetime that are choosing to do this so for everybody listening, particularly those of you who are even might even regard yourselves as completely just starting out on the spiritual pathway, jump on this one because you've got 12 chakras. And when you're using them, when you're when you, if you get to know them, when you're when you're when you get to know yourself and your chakras and how you work with them, and how your body works, how your light body works, you're immediately giving yourself the opportunity to tune in to the highest energies available around you and that will stand you in fantastic stead for moving very rapidly through whatever spiritual progress you need to make and the way i work with them personally is as well as telling them about people in writing i do skype activations one-on-one skype activations which i've been doing for some time now because mm-hmm. we can sit you know we can sit in our in our various offices one person in england another person in the united states and i can run through the chakra activations and the effect of it is very very powerful because they're already there and they're just waiting to be acknowledged acknowledgement intention is incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. if you see what i mean i do see what you mean. mean go ahead so i mean 
so many people out there are, are, are using these 12 chakras and not even knowing that they exist and still referencing the old system, which is kind of in a way holding people back. This is why Diana and I wrote the wrote the first book, The Archangel Guide to Ascension, because mm-hmm. if you read it, there's 55 steps in there and all of them, nearly all of them contain a chakra exercise of some form or another. So we're really, really kind of drumming it home on the website, the turnwild.com website. There are, I mean, there's a lot of information on there. I had a look at it the other day because I'm thinking of kind of tinkering with it and updating it. And I was like, oh, I have actually written an incredible amount of stuff. Some of it is blogs. Some of it is energy observations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, you know, sort of appreciating the world around me. But And also there is a big section of it which is dedicated to actually, you know, people who want to sit down and, and or stand up or do whatever, take a meditation or an activation and physically change their energy by by using these activations. I mean, I, I activated my 12 chakra system back in 2003 when Dinah first introduced the concept of the 12 chakra system because she's bringing through this all this this information. If if your if your listeners want to read something else which is absolutely incredible, tell them to read Discover Atlantis, which she wrote in two thousand and five. Okay, because that was that was the can opener for me. That was the book that immediately it taught me who I was. Basically, that was that was the book that Dinah she sent me away with it. She didn't tell me who I was. She sent me away with the book and told me to read it and remember. So I had to. Oh, <laughs> I, said, oh. I, I read the whole. I read the whole book again, cover to cover, with the intention of remembering who I was. And it wasn't until the name jumped out at me, um, very, very significantly, that I phoned her up and said, "Look, is this true?" And she said, "Yes, it is." Oh. So it wasn't handed to me on a plate. And after that, I had it verified by two independent psychics who didn't know each other. Oh. So it was it was quite a process. I wasn't prepared to accept it immediately, and it took quite a long time for it to sink in. Here's the tug that I feel, a little bit of a tug back that I feel when it comes to Atlantis. And that has to do with my understanding, and it's a cultural understanding, yeah. of the tragedy of Atlantis. Uh, yes. And that tragedy yes, keeps me um, uh, at arm uh, with that information at arm's length, even though I understand uh, so well that that's where we, that's our past, that's our future. Yeah. I mean, Atlantis was a tragedy. The way that it finished was very tragic. I, I mean, um, for me personally, visiting that lifetime, um, I've actually had to go through the entire process of of experiencing it firsthand again by, by, by the sole memories that I've been treated to now. Every single person on this planet, apart from the very new children that are incarnating at the moment, has had at least one lifetime in Atlantis. It was a 260,000 year period. So at least, you know, there was at least one incarnation. What everybody tends to admit, the the first port of call when people tune into Atlantis is that fear DNA, which has been programmed into there 10,000 years ago from the magnitude of that that tragedy Got it. now there's you can't ignore it you can't make it go away it happened okay. like that but what i've been what i've spent my time doing particularly in the last three years or so um because it's so easy to dwell on that and because people get so engrossed in what went wrong and and whether they had a bad part in it or whatever what i've done is i've taken the opportunity for people who are called called to it mm-hmm is reconnect them to their master lifetime in the middle of the golden era rather than focusing on the end so it's a completely different stream of energy Mm. and it gives a completely different result what you're doing is you're reconnecting to a point which was magical rather than tragic and that's how i deal with atlantis i love that i love that Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for was, uh, explaining that and to, for opening that door. That that's great. Oh, bless you. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> well, <laughs> it just seemed logic. It seemed logical to me because everybody that I was talking to was, "Oh my God, Atlantis! I sank, I drowned, or oh, I yes, drowned exactly. people, or you know, it all went hor- it all went horribly wrong." Yes, it did. But you know, we learned from that. We've moved on, and it's never going to happen again. So, why why kind of um, why dwell on it? Do you see what I mean? I do see what you mean. And, but then my question would be, what have we learned? <laughs> we have learned basically everything. We have learned everything. everything. 
yeah, the only thing that we haven't, you know, the only thing that is occurring at the moment Mm -hmm. is that we are pulling ourselves out of the scenario that was created at the fall. You know, we're still living in a society at the at present, which is rapidly changing, I might add, in the after effects of how Atlantis finished. You know, the very, you know, there's either a lot of money or no money. People aren't treated fairly. Politics are basically lies. Um, and and there's this huge, huge planetary kind of division, division of consciousness that was created at the fall. This is what we're moving away from. So what we learn was the 10,000 years interim in the third dimension of how we are not going to be living in the future. How we will not be living in the future because we're we're done with that. We are done done with with injustice. We're done with inequality. We're done with no love. We're done with hate. (laughs) We're done with all of those things. Wow. Good. So you can scrub it all off the list because it's all going to change. It's all going to change. And, and yeah. as and we... if it's not, then I might as well be in an English pub beer garden somewhere drinking my final days away because, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing, what I'm doing if I wasn't absolutely convinced that we are going into a, into a brighter period now. It's just a case of working for it. Everything needs a bit of work, doesn't it? It does. It does. And the work that you're... Um, asking of yourself and the work that you're asking for our listeners is to, uh, I, would I, am I right to say, uh, take a plunge? Take a plunge. Get in there. Get stuck in. Get. Basically, if your heart is telling you to do something, do it in whatever form that it calls you. Basically, it doesn't, you, you don't have to be doing, doing what I'm doing. You can manifest your ascension pathway in, in myriads of other forms. Everybody has got their own pathway. But ultimately, as long as it is leading to the light, then it is the correct pathway. Ah, oh, your ascension, manifesting your ascension pathway. And one of these great quotes that you um, have on your website, or it could be a Facebook, I'm scanning everything today. <laughs> yeah. it, you say, uh, keep your light high your energy clear, and your manifestation sharp. Sharp. That's the one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd have probably said it back to front because, yeah, yeah, that is exactly how it is. Light, high, frequency, clear, manifestation sharp. As long as you're on the ball and you don't get distracted, you can't go wrong. (sighs) Okay. Tim, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I, um, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure, Sherry. Uh, it's, you've, been, you've been lovely to talk to, yeah. and I'm, 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 I'm absolutely honoured that you've asked me on your show. Thank you. <laughs> Have a beautiful rest of your day. I hope I and meet you. you sometime soon. Likewise. Okay, I buddy. Do. And lots of love to everybody listening Yes. As well. Thank you, Tim. Bless you. Bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And If you liked this recording and benefited from it, please, for heaven's sake, share it with your friends. If you loved it and want to hear more, go to theglitchmovie.com forward slash how to connect with angels, where you can listen and subscribe. Thank you so much.